Hey everybody, welcome to a very special episode of Wrestling Wild Black. I have a gentleman who is extremely talented. He moves across the ring with such finesse. He is extremely talented. I had the opportunity to see him at Terminus. Um, and it's a person that I really think is going to do some big things in this pro wrestling world. We look forward to giving his story. So everybody, welcome in. Kenny Alfonso. Mr. Kenny, how you doing, sir? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. It's a hell of an introduction. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, you, you made a great introduction uh, when I had the opportunity to watch you as well. Um, main thing is, man, we know that a lot of us are uh, grow up to be wrestling fans, but very few of us actually get a chance to be in the ring. So, like yourself, for those who do not know you in your story, Mr. Kenny, give us a general idea of where you grew up and uh, what got you into wrestling. Uh, so I primarily grew up in Olathe, Kansas. It's about, uh, about 20 minutes away from Kansas city. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a little bit of a late start in wrestling mm-hmm. because I didn't necessarily get into it until about, uh, 2009, mm-hmm. uh, right before WrestleMania 25. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had friends that lived up the street and I was new to the neighborhood and they were huge wrestling fans. Um, their dad won tickets to Monday Night Raw at the Sprint Center at the time, and they had an extra ticket because their mom didn't want to go. And I was like, oh, sure, I guess I'll go. You know, my assumption, it was just going to be a bunch of, you know, rednecks hitting each other with chairs and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but, mm-hmm. but I get there, and there's, you know, LED lights, there's pyro, larger-than-life characters, and I'm like, oh, snap okay, this is pretty damn cool, actually. So, uh, yeah, that, I've been hooked on ever since. That's super interesting, Mr. Kenny, because, um, you know, for, for most of us who listen to this podcast and people like myself, I've been watching wrestling since as early as 1994. And so, oh, you know, and you said you're from Missouri? Uh, all the way to Kansas. Oh, you're from Kansas. Okay, Kansas, Kansas. And what's the, what town? Olathe. Olathe? Yeah, Interesting. it's pretty close to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. Okay, so for people who don't know, I know it has a big basketball history in Kansas, am I right? Yes, uh, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily a huge sports fan, but yes, uh, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, uh, that is our uh, college team out here. Interesting. So, for because, you know, I'm an East Coaster, and we always think that everything revolves around New York, Philly, D.C., Baltimore, you know, and... Um, <laughs> So when we meet people from like the Kansas, do you do you consider yourself Midwest, Southern, Western? What do you, what do people from Kansas consider themselves? Yeah, uh, Midwesterners is the term over here. Okay, okay. So for yeah. people who are not familiar with the Midwest, what is like the, the the typical food that people in the Midwest eat like growing up? Is it like just like anywhere else, or is there like some specialties? Uh, we got pretty, uh, you know, pretty diverse. Um, we're pretty diverse when it comes to food over here, but we are mainly known for our barbecue. Uh, our barbecue out here is untouchable. I'm not trying to brag and <laughs> nothing like that. But our, <laughs> our barbecue is top tier. Oh, man. And the way that you look physically, I can tell that you work it all off. 
Oh, <laughs> uh, man, I'm taking advantage of this high metabolism, uh, you know, so before it catches up to me, so. <laughs> now, how old are you, bro? Uh, I actually just hit 25 uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, man, happy birthday, bro. <laughs> Yeah, enjoy okay. that metabolism, bro, because I was 140 pounds for all the way up until 27. Oh, man. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was 140. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be 32 this year. I'll be 32 this year. Okay, right on, right on. Yeah, it's not a big difference from my age, but yeah, that metabolism slowed up, boy. I'm at 165 <laughs> right now. <laughs> so, My whole life, bro, I was made fun of. In high school, I was, I was like 108 pounds soaking wet. Oh, wow. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, man. So you know how that goes. They were like, "This dude just just." Meta- I didn't grow a beard till I was twenty three. Oh man, well you ahead of the race on uh, you know <laughs> compared to me because I still can't grow one. <laughs> all I got is the chest that rocket for me. It's all good, Brody. I, I just I need to learn to have that type of dexterity that you have in the ring. But so you grew up in Kansas, <laughs> <laughs> great barbecue. You you weren't raised a wrestling fan, not a big sports fan. Well, tell me about. I mean. Kind of walk us through who, who you are as a person. Like, what are you into, bro? Like, what sparred a person to get into a in, uh, into this this the squared circle? Talk about how you grew up. What are the things that you were into? What are, what what were your things that you were into as a kid growing up? So uh, honestly, it's been combat. Uh, so cinematic uh, combat when it comes to or cinematic martial arts. So like growing up, I was a huge fan. Still am uh, to this day of. Uh, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, Michael Jai White, Scott oh, Atkins. Yeah. So I've always been interested um, in fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in the, the, you know, the regular stuff I watch on TV, like anime and stuff like that, uh, the anime shows that I'm into, they all have combat and fighting. And, you know, that, that was just my cup of tea, I guess. So wrestling wasn't that hard to... Uh, you know, adjust to or really getting, it wasn't hard for me to get into, I should say. Interesting. So, so yeah. So did you like, did you like Walker, Texas Ranger as a kid? Ah, I did not. I did, did not. Work? I never, I'm sure my age. Time to get in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you ever watch, um, um, or did you ever watch the, the original Mortal Kombat movie? That, I can quote that movie line for line, bar for bar. <laughs> what were your thoughts yes, about uh, the the remake, bro? Because I, I mean, growing up with the one that you said original, what were your thoughts on the one when they remade it recently? What were your thoughts? Oh man, it was beautiful. Um, yeah, it's. I try not to, you know, compare, you know, the OGs to the, you know, to the new school stuff. But I loved it. Uh, you know, some characters I felt like it was a little forced. You know, like uh, uh, Shang Tsung's character felt a little bit too inorganic. Uh, Raiden, he was okay, but Kung Lao, who wasn't in the original uh, series, but he was probably my favorite one out of everybody. Mm. Liu Kang was cool. You know, they they had like a really good uh, cast for that movie. Um, The fight scenes were amazing as well. Oh, yeah, especially with Sub-Zero. Oh man, yeah. Sub Zero with the uh, the dirty black Air Force energy in that movie. <laughs> yeah, man, that that was so dope. You know, um, Kung uh, Kung Lao. I think he was the one that threw the hat, right? Yeah, yep. With the uh, 
man. I was like, bro, because in the original one, he and actually in the video game, this dude is really powerful. They didn't make him as powerful as I thought he could have been. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, I don't know who, who whoever's listening to this. I don't know if they've seen it or not. I don't want to spoil anything, but like the way that they did him in the end, I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a little disappointed, and they, and Jax was getting his ass kicked. Oh man, he was getting whooped. They hit him. <laughs> Jax was that brother got his arms broke. That's the reality of what happened. But I, but Jax could have do a little bit better fight than what he did. He he got washed. He got washed. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, man. Damn. Yeah, man. So that's dope that you were actually into that. Now, I'm a, there's a show that was really popular back in the late '90s, early no early mid '90s. I don't know if you ever heard of this. It's called American. Um, it was like Mortal Kombat. Um. Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. Hold up, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, I got to know. I'm gonna tell you right now, and I want you to ro- watch it if you haven't had a chance. Um, all right. So the right. show is. Uh, let me see. Hold up. Karate. I have it in my like my YouTube videos, but I, I can't. I don't know how to find it. <laughs> Give me one second. Yeah. Okay. So the show is called W Mac, uh, W Mac Masters World. It's standing for, let me see, W Mac. It's standing for World Martial Arts Council. Oh, wow. You never watched W Mac Masters? No. I don't think I've heard of that one. It was really popular from, it looks like it's telling us here from, I'm pretty sure it was like 96. Let me double check to confirm. I can give you the specific. Uh-huh. Yep, ninety five to ninety seven. Um, I'm gonna give. Oh. I'm gonna send this to you right now, and it's gonna change your life. Uh, <laughs> it is a cult classic '90s show, and um, let me send you it right now. So, how am I gonna do this? I'm gonna do this. Copy, share. I'm gonna send it to you on Instagram. But yeah, anyway, it's like they basically took Mortal Kombat, the movie, and made it into a television show for kids in the '90s, and they were like fighting like the putty. You know how like Power Rangers had the putties and stuff. Mm. They had like fighting like their own version of like the putties, like little people who would come up randomly. But it's super dope. It's super dope. Yeah. Oh. Okay, I remember. Ah, I forgot his name, but the but the the black dude with the dreads. Yeah. Okay, I remember. Original Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the, it's a really popular thing, so they kind of carried like the the hype of it. But W WMAC Masters, bro, you will be addicted to it. Get some popcorn, get some Twizzlers, and just get ready to watch wrestling, man. So you love combat uh, growing up as a kid um, in Kansas, and talk about um, after you went to Raw. Did that? Did you watch every week after that, or did you just kind of keep in touch and then talk about how you got into actually getting into wrestling school? Yeah, so um, it took me a little minute uh, to get, you know, to find a reputable school in my area because we didn't necessarily have uh, one in my area. And I was even contemplating on, like, moving to Florida with my sister oh. and training down. Because there's a, there's a million schools down in Florida for, mm-hmm. you know, wrestling. Yeah. But it was a, uh, a company out here called Metro Pro Wrestling that used to come on uh, television super late at night and 
you know, they would have the local indie guys, but they were bringing, you know, former WWE guys like Tommy Dreamer, Rhino. I'm like, oh, snap. Uh, Cole Cabana. So I told my friends about it, and we went to one of the shows. Um, and I believe Trevor Murdoch was running the school in the area. It was pretty low-key. Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested, and they pretty much shut down, like, <laughs> Uh, almost right off the bat as I was looking to sign up. <laughs> Damn. So, <laughs> Damn. Okay. I had to wait again even longer and mm-hmm. a new place came around called the NWL, the National Wrestling League, mm. um, which was based out of North Kansas City, I believe. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, they had a full-time roster. I believe they had a TV deal out here. They had a, a, a legit performance center. Oh, wow. But they had to be up they had, you know, um, a lot of stuff out here. So I just said, F it. I didn't tell anybody um, mm-hmm. that I was signing up for this and, you know, having my tryout because, you know, just in case if I didn't make it, I, you know, <laughs> the embarrassment was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up sending an email. I got a reply. Um, and I had my tryout, you know, they did like a physical evaluation. Uh, my coach at the time had me like, he had me cut a, a baby face and heel promo. Uh, very first session ever in front of like the full time guy. So I'm over here shaking, wow. <laughs> shaking like a stripper with, uh, <laughs> with nerves. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. but no, it went great. And that was 20, uh, 17, I believe. Yeah, 2017. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So did you start off as a, I feel just, I'm, I hate to, I don't want to uh, rile you up too much, but I feel like I get heel vibes that you started off as a heel first. Did you start off as a heel first or, or a face? Uh, I started off as a heel. Ah, <laughs> I know everything. Oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to find another button. Hold up. There we go. That's me looking into the future, bro. <laughs> I'm still learning how to use my, my roadcaster, so I'll be hitting random buttons. So that adds to the, the joy of the podcast. <laughs> but I got the heel oh, vibe, bro. So go ahead. Yeah, so you start off as a heel. Okay, talk about what it means to start off as a heel. What did that help you? Be- how did it help you become like your identity today? Did that help you at all or no? Uh, it helped me get out of my comfort zone because that that, that shocked me uh, hearing you say that because mm-hmm. I am <laughs> I'm naturally not a heel. Like, even like to this day, mm-hmm. like I'm still getting used to it. But you know, ninety percent of the time when I'm in the ring, I'm a baby face. Uh-huh. So, uh, and like when I first started, I started off as a heel tag team. So oh. that was double. So, mm. wow, stuff as a heel, yeah. you get into a tag team. Talk about your. Um, so you, you you go through you pass the physicals and things of that nature. Talk about your first big break in the indie world. You you work in, you hustle. How long did it take for you to get your first big break? Like in a bigger indie or like something that was like a career defining moment? Ooh. Um I would say the first big show that I was a part of, or the biggest at the time, was for Glory Pro. Ooh. And this was like twenty eighteen. I did a me and my tag partner did a six man tag on the pre show. Granted, it was the pre-show. It was the biggest, you know, show that I've ever been a part of at the time because on that card they had uh, brought in Tetsuya Naito, mm-hmm. uh, Ar Fox, oh. ACH, mm. and I'm like, 
oh man, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not used to this, but I guess we're doing something right if we're in the same locker room as these guys. Wow. Um, how did that feel? Like yeah. getting into the like even doesn't matter about the pre show. How did it feel to get to that level with guys who like ACH and and, and uh, AR Fox who are well known and great trainers, uh, AR Fox specifically. Um, talk about what you know what that feeling was like. Um, did you feel like you belonged when you got in the ring, or are you still a little nervous? Uh, the nerves are definitely there, but that's you know that's also a good thing. You know, if you're if you're nervous, that means you care. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely didn't feel uh, like comfortable, mm-hmm. but you know, granted, only having like a, a less than a year of experience at that point, um, you know, I definitely shouldn't have been comfortable. But I, I was aware that I had plenty left to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was confident enough in my skills uh, to get through the match mm-hmm. and you know, get a couple eyes on us at least and make it uh, step in the door. I should say. I love it. So now we're following you in your career. You get to do a big show, um, Glory Pro. Talk about your first championship. What was your first championship that you won? Ooh, that was a tag team championship run. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was for a, re- a very small but very new company out here called GWF. They are not running anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have the belt. Uh, oh, I still nice. Have the belt. In my room, just collecting dust right now. I love it. What color uh, is it? Oh, gold. I love it. It, it was a beautiful belt. Beautiful, yeah. heavy belt. Oh, yes. Um, uh, ironically, me and my tag partner, we were healed at mm-hmm. that place. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first title run. But to, to um, I, guess, well, I mean, I guess to backtrack to the previous question, mm-hmm. um, a big breakout moment for me mm-hmm. i would have to say probably terminus oh we're uh, gonna get into that oh yes yeah. oh yes Mr. <laughs> yes sir <laughs> we're gonna get into that in a second so you, you got a tag belt under you do a lot of wrestlers my question to you is because I, I i'm still learning sure. as much as i can about these the indie world and, and indie wrestling as a whole do a lot of guys that win championships are you allowed to, with indie promotions do they create two belts or one belt because i know wwe like they have like or or AW, they may have like a, a a prop belt that you can walk around with, like just in case you lose it, and then like the real legitimate one. So how does that work in the indie world? Oh, uh, yeah, it's pretty much just one belt everywhere <laughs> you go. So <laughs> if you lose it somehow, that man, you don't want to end up in that situation. Has that ever happened I've to somebody you know? Oh, uh, what's that? Has that ever happened to someone you know? I don't believe so. There's been times where people have like left it back, <laughs> back at home. Uh-huh. Uh, on accident. <laughs> it was at the improv promo somehow mm-hmm. whenever they get there to mm-hmm. the show. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no one's ever lost, lost the title that I've known of at least. And if they have, then I feel very bad for them. Wow. Wow. Okay. So do so when you leave the promotion, you got to give the title back. So there's not a situation where like they give you like, you know how, like if you win a championship, like in certain promotions, you can actually keep one. And then, so typically you just hand it back, huh? Um, as in like, uh, do you get to take it home or not? Yeah. So you already, I know you take it home if you were part of the uh, the, the promotion, but once you do, do, do people, so let's say you don't work with that promotion anymore. You just give the belt back and just move on. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, you give it back. Got you. Okay. Uh, mhm. Have you um have you had any singles championships since then? Your first tag? I have not. 
Uh, I've had, you know, I've had like uh, a handful of title matches in the past uh, about six months. And (laughs) yeah, I mean, the the, the matches are, you know, a lot of fun. They're phenomenal. You know, I love putting on bangers and stuff like that, but I have yet uh, to hit that goal. So we'll see. I've been compared to, (laughs) I've been compared as the uh, the Black Ziggler. It's always that that if that you know that possibility, but you know I have yet to hit that stride just yet. But oh, we'll, you will. We'll see. We'll... You will. You got the charisma. You got the look. You got the personality, and that's why we're interviewing you. You have you have something about you that makes people want to watch and see you and perform. Talk about. Um, let's get into Terminus. Terminus, which is a great. Uh, Great, great promotion. We support Black-owned. Um, they do a lot of wonderful stuff in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, talk about the call and how you got the call from Terminus, and talk about your experience in performing in Terminus and what you hope to achieve in the future. So let's start with number one, the call you receive to go to Terminus. The most, probably got some of the most, people are the most hype in a good way um, and, and fanfare, especially because we don't have a lot of black owned promotions. Talk about that call that you received and how you received it. Oh man. So uh, for the very first Terminus show, uh, I was there helping uh, set up, uh, you know, it was freezing the the ring and everything that they use is super heavy. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, just earn them, you know, paying my dues and stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the promoters, uh, I'm with, and he, after the first show, he pulls me into, uh, one of the rooms, um, uh, and tells me he has something to tell me. And he was like, you're on for the next show. Oh, and, nice. oh, <laughs> because that very first show, it was like nothing but names on that show. You know, you had Josh Woods, Lee Moriarty, Gresham, Bandito, mm-hmm. uh, Moose. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty stacked card, mm-hmm. so uh, you know the nerves are already kicking in at that point, and um, yeah, so I knew that I immediately had to set my game up, um, you know, up the training even a little bit more. You know, I train pretty hard as it is, but you know, being and knowing that you're going to be in that type of environment. Uh, makes you want to step up your game a lot. So yeah, I trained out here. I when I was in town for the next show, I trained at the uh, Nightmare Factory. Oh, uh, wow, nice. Yeah, that was my first time there. It was a, it was a really was it? nice environment. Okay, very nice environment. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I believe uh, the Ray Lloyd, uh, the glacier, uh, was leading class that night, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, Gary and Bankston, Bear, uh, Baron Black, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we just, uh, had a little class of our own on the side and we just got some reps in, uh, you know, tried out some spots, tried out some moves, um, you know, just to see what was stick and what wouldn't stick, um, mm-hmm. for the next day. Nice. Now, when you come to Terminus, do you drive, take a flight? How do you, how do you, cause you, do you I'm assuming you still live in Kansas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, a 12 hour drive. So for the very first show, um, me, uh, and two other guys made that drive. Woo, what type of car? Uh, I'm just curious. What type of car? Ooh, ah, I think it was a 2017 Ford. 
I don't. It, it wasn't my car. Oh, so it was a sedan or truck? No, it was a, just a regular car, not a van or a truck. Oh, legroom, legroom. So how many rest stops did y'all take? You had to at least take two. <laughs> not enough, cause hot damn. <laughs> oh, man, you it, it gets to a point where your butt just <laughs> does not stop cramping up. <laughs> oh man. Wow. So, uh, I actually came from California um, for the second show that I was booked on. Oh, wow. Um, so, I had to fly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the reason I was out in California was because I was doing a New Japan uh, Pro uh, seminar hosted by Rocky Romero ah, at the LA Delta. How was that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I was. I was so excited and nervous at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rocky, phenomenal. Uh, two of the young lions mm-hmm. uh, was also helping uh, lead that seminar. Uh, shout out to Kevin Knight and DKC. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was it was amazing. Uh, the class was packed, um, but they made sure that each and every single one of us, uh, you know, got what we paid for. Nice. So, Did you get any merch? Like like any like a t shirt or anything like to say that you were there. Uh, I wish I got some sick photos though. I um, love it. Out in the New Japan LA Dojo sign and uh, photos with uh, Kevin Knight and Rocky Romero. So I love that's, it. That's I love it, man. That's that's a lot of knowledge. New Japan, the 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 quality of 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 the way that they perform, it's is the elite of the elite, like the Harvard of wrestling in a lot of ways. Um, oh, man. which is super dope. So. So you drove twelve hours. Um, did you do like you guys like run a hotel? Kind of walk us through because most people don't know what it's like to be like you live in. Like I would love to do a documentary on like the indie, like the life of an indie wrestler. Like I would, I've watched you know the, the wrestler, but I think it's so cool like behind the scenes. So you drove twelve hours. Did you have a hotel? What did you What did you guys do? Yeah, it's it's uh, such a struggle being an uh, independent wrestler sometimes, and people don't even know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for that very first show, we drove 12 hours. Thankfully, uh, a buddy of mine, Darian Bankston, um, shares a room with Anthony Agogo uh, okay. at a, not uh, far from the venue. So, thank goodness we had a, a place to crash, a place to stay at, you know, save a, a, you know, a little bit of money out of our pockets uh, mm-hmm. for the weekend. Wow. Um, yeah. Wow. So, Darian through. Usually it's a hotel or uh, hopefully somebody from the car load will know, uh, you know, somebody else in that area that we can just crash at, you know, on the couch, mm-hmm. sometimes the floor, hopefully a, a, an extra blow up mattress or something. <laughs> but Jesus. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, everyone assumes that you guys live in this glamorous um, indie wrestlers like, you know, because apparently you can make pretty good money as you continue to build your name um, in the indie world. Do you know of guys that are like making six figures like doing indie wrestling? Uh, typically the guys who are already under contract at other big places like uh, AEW or, you know, places like that or like former released um, talent. Oh, okay. Uh, that have Area and then you know they're much more of a draw, so they're able to make much more money than you know a guy like me who's on 
you know, the correct path, but hasn't really made it to that status just quite yet. Ah, so when does when do you get an agent? Does that come into to play? Do you have one now? Are you are you do you look to get one? Is that something that like talk, talk to us about that? Because these are the nuts and bolts of like, you know, these are interesting just things to me. So so are you, are you going to do an agent thing or what are you thinking? Um, at the moment, I do not. Uh, it's, uh, it's, you know, once again, it's one of those things where I have to get to that status. Mm-hmm. But I also have to keep reminding myself lately that you cannot do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, you cannot do everything on your own. You will go crazy. You will lose your mind. <laughs> you will lose motivation over time. So it's always nice to have other people in your circle that will help you uh, you know, regarding uh, getting bookings, uh, you know, hopping in carloads, having uh, connections mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to merch, and literally anything. Just having people, you know, the right people in your corner will always help you. Um, but once I get to a be- you know a higher level, mm-hmm. yes, uh, an agent obviously wouldn't hurt me. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, interesting. So I was going to say. Um Talk to us about what you hope to accomplish in the near future. Because Terminus, no doubt, is a big, beautiful brand. They got another show coming up soon as well. Um, talk to us about like what would be like the on your to do list in the pro wrestling game. What are like your top three things that you have to achieve when it's all said and done for you? What would be? Wow, I did my thing in this beautiful sport of pro wrestling. Yeah. So, um, I can tell you at least a couple things off the top of my head. Yeah. And one of them is definitely earning a spot for New Japan Strong. And mm-hmm. hopefully, that will lead my way into working in Japan. Ooh. Okay. Whether or not New Japan Strong, I would like to end up in Japan someday. So, oh. the more they do seminars, hopefully, the more I will be noticed. Um, and that will hopefully lead to me earning a spot on strong, mm-hmm. um, because I've always wanted to wrestle in Japan. Tell me why. Uh, Tell me that, why. What makes you? What attracts you to Japan so much? Uh, the culture, uh, the style, literally everything about it, um, the whole aesthetic to it. It's a different universe in my eyes. Yeah. And I couldn't tell you word for word what uh, you know attracts me to you know Japanese wrestling, but. It's just a different type of style and it's just a different type of aura that I'm picking up from over there. And I would just love to go over to Japan, regardless if I get the chance to wrestle or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you will, bro. I would love to be. You're talented. You will. Oh, <laughs> you definitely will. Um, so, so New Japan is one. Thing is, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. No, no, no. Another, New Japan is one. Go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. Fingers crossed, you know, earning a contract somewhere where I'm making a decent living out of, out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, thank goodness nowadays there's a million different places uh, where you can pick up a contract and, you know, make a great living off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't necessarily think that I have a third um, a third uh, goal in this, but, you know, just being... Oh, well, I... I take that back. My third goal is to be happy with what I'm doing mm-hmm. at the end of the day. I try to, you know, hit that point where I'm bitter about everything. I have, I'm full of regrets 
and just have an overall nasty attitude and, you know, emotions uh, towards this sport and this business. So I just want to be happy. I love I, it. Who are some of your dream opponent, opponents that you will wrestle? We're going to put this in the universe. we all about affirmation. <laughs> so who are some of your dream opponents in your career that you have to, if you get the opportunity, you will jump at it. Give me some. Oh, man. Well, one that I knocked off the list recently was uh, ACH. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Best, best friend of my life. Uh, that was at St. Louis Anarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of people find that on St. Louis Anarchy's YouTube page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Came up on the- um, let's see, let's see. I would probably say any of the two guys from top flight mm. um, and a one uh those are my homeboys mm-hmm. um so we're pretty cool i've wrestled both of them me and my old, uh, tag partner have wrestled them in, in a tag match and i wrestled dante recently in the triple threat but i want to see what it's like to go one-on-one with either of those guys Ooh, let's get it bubbling okay Okay. Oh yeah. Ah, there's one so more. many free. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more. I'm gonna go with Lee Moriarty. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it. He's he's so talented. <laughs> For those who don't know about your 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 presentation and your your ring style, give me a synopsis, of, um, my brother, of your 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 wrestling style like if they don't know if, if can you tell me kind of walk me through for people who because who, they're listening at home right what would you say your style is are you a high flyer are you technical are you a striker are you a brawler what's your style um my style is <laughs> speed so mm-hmm. i'm not necessarily a high flyer i don't go to the top rope a whole lot i do sometimes um but definitely has more of the cruiserweight like uh, movements. Uh, very slick, um, very slick, very fast. Uh, yeah, you can call me a cruiserweight pretty much. So a lot of people that I've been compared to are guys like uh, Leo Rush, mm-hmm. um, uh, Cedric Alexander. Um, and guys like that. Uh, another like inspiration for me uh, when it comes to how I move in the ring mm-hmm. is it's an eyebrow raiser, but Bruce Lee. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah, not necessarily because of you know the strikes and stuff, but the whole um, essence of being like water. Mm-hmm. So just, I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you have some so, of the dopest I, gear I've ever seen, bro. Like your gear is super dope. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Now, one thing I'm interested in because I want to have abs like you at like a 25 year old. But tell me about how you keep that physique. <laughs> what do you eat, man? Do you do you count carbs? Do you do? You, tell me about your workouts. I'm curious about your diet and your workout. Kind of walk us through what a guy who has a physique like you, which is world class. I mean, you got you, you got a six pack, right? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got a blob. I don't have a six pack at this point. It's uh, it's a it's a, a pack of Snickers. That's what I <laughs> at one hundred sixty five. It's just like just gut. <laughs> but um, tell us something about what you eat in your workout regimen. I'm curious. Uh, steroids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was I was playing. I was playing. I was playing. <laughs> None of that. Okay. Uh, 
no. Hold on, hold on. Let me give you, me give you this. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. Uh, no, all natural, I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually started off as a skinny kid growing up. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really start putting on the, you know, the pounds until uh, I started wrestling and started taking my workouts a lot more seriously. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, I have, I'm nowhere near the goals that I want to hit at the moment, mm-hmm. but I started off as a skinny kid, so I never had to worry about uh, burning or shredding fat or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty much, I already had the muscle definition there, so mm-hmm. I just had to stack up the muscle at that point, which takes, a uh, you know, which takes quite a bit of time, mm-hmm. opposed to just, you know, bulking up and then shredding. Mm-hmm. But my diet is pretty simple. Uh, all of my meals consist of, uh, you know, lean meats, Mm-hmm. veggies and carbs or starches so or starch so that consists of uh chicken breast stewed meat uh ground turkey um pasta sometimes like an alfredo chicken pasta sometimes uh sweet potatoes i love mm-hmm. can i get enough potatoes mm-hmm. and as boring as it is either broccoli green beans or mixed veggies um, I keep it pretty simple and, uh, yeah, I try to knock out all, you know, a vast majority of the meal prepping, um, at least, you know, three to four days because, you know, if you try to prep for like a whole week or six days, like it's some hard. people, yeah. And once you get to the, the, the final couple meals, you <laughs> just, you just want to throw them to crash. It's not worth it at that point. I tried to do it once and I was so tired from just putting the meal prep together, bro. Damn near quit just putting it together. <laughs> It's time-consuming, but, man, it saves a lot of time in the kids throughout the week. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking about getting a program, like, paying somebody to do it for me, bro, because it, it, it is tedious, bro. Yeah. It's too tedious. Oh, yeah. Tedious. There's plenty of people. Yeah. There's plenty of, uh, you know, wrestlers and uh, athletes who, who, you know, get pre-packaged meals or, like, pay for other people, you know, package the meals and make their meals and stuff like that. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Now, that's, how- uh, that's cool for me. How often do you go to the gym? Uh, at least the goal is uh, four to five days a week. Damn, uh, I okay. try not to work out. <laughs> That's the goal. It doesn't always happen, but um, I try not to go to the gym the same days that I have shows or uh, wrestling training. So, yeah, the, the goal is three to five. That you know, three to four is the typical amount. Wow. Now, um, do you do treadmill? Do you do like weight stuff or you mix it up? What's, what's your workout look like? Cause I'm trying to be like you, bro. We trying to, we trying to get these guys to get at least a two pack. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I hate the treadmill. I hate really? the treadmill with the I, okay. yeah, I, um, I used to have to run a lot. Uh, I, I completely forgot to mention this. I did, uh, army national guard, for six years. Oh, well, thank you for your uh, service to our country. Well, I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Thank um, you so much. So, Matter of fact, hold up. Thank you. Man, really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I have already done my uh, fair share of running <laughs> over the years. What type of running did y'all um, make y'all do? Did they make y'all do like five miles a day or like? Uh, thank goodness not. Okay. Uh, if I threw basic training at AIT, uh, it was a few miles. Um, 
uh, in the mornings or some, and, and they would switch it up, uh, you know, time to time. I went to Fort Jackson, South Carolina, so oh. people call it Jackson. Um, so it's a little more laid back compared to most other, uh, you know, basic training um, stations and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it still wasn't easy. Jeez um, Louise. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. So you're doing heavy, so you do a lot of reps then, huh? On, on weights, yeah. or, you do, or you do, or you do, do you have your weight low rep? What's your like? What's your weight type thing you do? Uh, when it comes to weights, uh, for the past like four and a half years, I've done uh, low weight, uh, low to medium weight, high reps. But as of the past couple of months, uh, I've been trying to switch to a uh, high weight, uh, low rep for more strength, and you know, apparently it helps, uh, you know, put on more mass. So that's what I'm trying to uh, reach towards more. So I'm getting used to getting out of my comfort zone and, you know, hitting the heavier weights lately. Respect it. Respect it. So, so tell me about your drink. Cause, cause um, we're pro healthier. Um, do you drink, a, do you drink at least a gallon of water? Are you big into Gatorade? Like what's your, what's your liquid you're taking in? Uh, I usually buy the gallon of water at a gas station, like QT and stuff like that. Yes, sir. Um, Oh yeah, it saves you a lot of money too, and uh, you know, opposed to having like a million uh, half-empty water bottles. Yeah, oh. you get one for like eighty-eight uh, cents, right? You get like a gallon for like eighty-eight cents or something like that. Uh, some places, uh, I think QC has them for like a dollar and a half or or close to two dollars or something like that. So, do you finish one in a day, or do you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to. It doesn't always happen. I take. Because I spend like half my day at work, so I'm not. I I can't walk around with a giant <laughs> gallon of water. Okay. Um, so I will take like a regular uh, shaker bottle or bottle a, wa- a water bottle with me to work, mm-hmm. and I will try and it's at least uh, three three to four uh, bottles of water mm-hmm. uh, while I'm at work, and then when I get home, that's when I'll go back to the uh, the gallon. Um, but it took me a couple days, a couple mm-hmm. few days. Uh, to finish that gallon. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Powerade Zero uh, is my favorite uh, way to fill up my, or refill my electrolyte. I love it. What flavor? Ooh, uh, probably the blue one. Me too. I'm going to say I'm a blue guy. You, if, you strike me as a blue guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's up. I know you so well, bro. But um, man, you're just such, I'm so gracious to have you on the podcast. You have a great, open, kind personality, dude. It was a, it was, it was a, it was a pleasure to watch you perform at Terminus. I think you, you're destined for huge things, and I want to speak that into you, especially from a black man to another black man. And I just think, with your personality, the spirit that you have, the universe will put you in the right direction. And I can't wait to watch you, New Japan. I will watch. I will be supporting you. I will be buying your merch. Um, and you have a friend on this podcast. Anytime you want to come on, talk about the shows that you're doing, or just the life that you know of of, of an indie wrestler, man. Maybe even create some content with you, bro. You have our support, and we care about you. Okay. Well, I appreciate that, man. That means so much to hear that coming from somebody else. Heck yeah, Thanks man. so much. Heck yeah. So where can people follow you and support you, my friend? Uh, you can follow me uh, on Instagram and the Twitter at the Kenny Alfonso. That is Alfonso with an F, not Alfonso with a PH. That is the Kenny Alfonso. I love it, guys. We're going to put his link directly to his his, uh, his social media so you guys can follow him. And he's going to be a champion one day at New Japan, maybe even a double champion, maybe even a, a G1. Who knows? Um, 
this guy is destined for greatness. And when we get people in this podcast, you can bank that they're going to do something big in this world. So guys, thank you for coming on another episode of Wrestling While Black.